0: Wonka Walking Happiness
1: Welcome to Knick News, I'm Anthony
0: And I'm Alex, and my first story today is food news This is from techtimes.com And the headline is Willy Wonka 2020, Jelly Bean founder offers golden ticket hunt. The guy, (laughs) one of the the founders of, like, the Jelly Belly Jelly Bean company is actually creating, like, a golden ticket, air quotes, contest right now.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And it's really weird. Okay. And I'm going to tell you about it.
1: All
0: right. So, um... It's only happening in the United States. Uh, The guy's name is David Candyman Klein.
1: The founder... (laughs)
0: That's what it said. They put quotes around it.
1: I know you're just sharing information, but I'm just like, I'm so confused right now.
0: Um, He is the founder of Jelly Belly Jelly Beans and also Tricky Treasures, which I had never heard of, but apparently is another brand of theirs. Um. And he is setting up a golden ticket necklace hunt in all of the states in the U.S. So it's it's like a. Okay, now
1: there's a necklace involved. There's a
0: (laughs) necklace involved. So basically, it's this necklace. It looks like this. It's like a, like a, printed like dog tag like necklace thing. Okay. And there were not really like they haven't released details on like where they're hidden really. But <laughs> there's this website called thegoldenticket.com, and there's information there, but they don't, you don't get the clues unless you pay them $50. There's like one, I think, in each state.
1: Okay. Somewhere. Uh-huh.
0: And so <laughs> pay them to get the hints. And then they also said they only will accommodate up to 1,000 participants per state. So if you're like in Ohio... They're only they're capping it at like that many people. So can they're pay only them the willing 50th. to make
1: fifty thousand dollars per stay,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and um, that's all the details they've posted. And it said that anyone can do it; like it's not just for children. But they also said that one of the like, if you find one of the necklaces, you win five thousand dollars. But also, you can decide to not take that prize and potentially. There's, like, you could win, they said, the key to one of their, like, jelly bean factories or something, which I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, that's actually, like, the grand, grand prize. Like, if you decide to not take the $5,000, you then get entered into this thing that you could actually win a factory, supposedly.
1: Okay. Which There's makes no sense here. to me. Yeah. <laughs> also, do you, like, it's, you win, is it a functioning factory is it just like an old factory they're trying to get rid of
0: um the website did not say
1: do you also get like the Although, employees is there is there like an oompa loompa situation going on here?
0: I, I hope not
1: <laughs> yeah actually yeah, because that's a little bit <laughs> yeah and probably hopefully this probably. involves less child death than that movie right did too.
0: um yeah like some some children died at that factory, so mm-hmm. I hope that doesn't happen here.
1: Yep, it's really just um, kind of not not addressed, huh?
0: It just says um, you have to have a Facebook account for some reason, and then after you've purchased a part of, to be part of the game, like you you get signed up for basically like a private group or something, or like a private forum or something, and you get the clue, and then you can like go on this like scavenger hunt to find this necklace. <laughs> And you have to pay them $50. Yeah,
1: that's a pretty steep entrance fee. Like,
0: Like, what? No.
1: My first story is animal news. (laughs) This is from eurekalert.org.
0: All right. (laughs) Love that.
1: Hopefully it's real. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The headline is...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is <laughs> the theme of today's episode is going to be all of these stories are potentially fabricated? No, no, no. I hope not. <laughs> this
1: this does seem to be reporting on a okay, legitimate okay. study published I mean, yeah, in a journal. I'm just so yeah, but the website is in a continuing a theme, fun name. sketchy at best. <laughs> um, headline is skeletal study suggests at least eleven fish species are capable of walking. What?
0: No. What? how is it a f- fish and it's
1: it's great white sharks moray eels. <laughs> no, no it's it's not. i i
0: can't um, do does not compute
1: so there there are some species of fish we already knew could walk like in the loosest sense like there's a type of fish called a mud skipper that can kind of just like skip along and like has lungs or whatever anyway
0: aren't um, these amphibians though they're not, I guess. I get
1: no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, still, I think they still technically need there might, might be some amount of time they have to spend in water or something. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, um an international team of scientists has identified at least eleven species of fish suspected to have land walking abilities in a study published in the Journal of Morphology. Ooh. Which sounds actually sounds kinda of fake too, but
0: <laughs> it is No, it does no. <laughs> I'm sure it's
1: real. Morphology <laughs> just sounds like a made up sure word. Not. I know it I know it's not, but you know. Uh, The findings are based on CT scans and a new evolutionary map of the Hillstream loach family, which includes the only living fish species caught in the act of walking, which is a rare blind cave fish known as Cryptotora uh, thamacola, or the cave angelfish. So maybe mudskippers do find as amphibians, and they're just, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I just, I've I've never heard of fish walking yeah. We got, so this and is the now we got some walking fish.
1: Yeah. Um, pinpointing which species of hillstream loaches have walking capabilities can help scientists piece together how the first land walking vertebrates might have come to be. Uh, because like, the whole point was looking at their skeletons, and mm. there's going to obviously be evolutionary hints there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a new study, researchers from the Florida Museum of Natural History, the New Jersey Institute of Technology, Louisiana State University, and Meijo University in Thailand. Uh, analyzed the bone structure of nearly 30 hillstream loach species, describing for the first time three categories of pelvic shapes. Um, so, based on the shape of the bone that connects some loaches' spines to their pelvic fins, the team found that 10 other spe- species of loach shared the cave angelfish's unusually hefty pelvic girdle, <laughs> which seems kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> but they 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 have an unusually hefty pelvic girdle. Alex, why are you laughing? That's very insensitive.
0: <laughs> Those that that choice of words is I know.
1: just hefty just pelvic makes me girdle. laugh. Yeah. Um, um but okay. it is the, it's the bone that connects their spines to their pelvic fins is apparently known as a pelvic girdle. Okay. Um Though more than 100 species of hillstream loach are found throughout Southeast Asia, the cave angelfish is the only one whose salamander-like walk has been observed and studied. So basically, it sounds like their walking is literally just kind of just slithering along the ground. Okay. So study lead author and NGAIT PhD candidate Callie Crawford said in a statement, these loaches have converged on a structural requirement to support terrestrial walking not seen in other fishes. Uh, The relationships among these fishes suggest that the ability to adapt to fast-flowing rivers may be what was passed on genetically rather than a set of specific physical characteristics. Which means, like, the thing that was passed on was the need to be able to kind of, like, be able to walk through these fast-flowing rivers, like, be able to, like, maintain a grip almost. The, because
0: the, wa- the, water the water that they're water... in,
1: like, moves faster than, I guess, that most fish would live in.
0: Yeah, okay. Um,
1: and they suspect that that's what got passed down, like, the need to do that as hmm. opposed to, like, actually, like, this pelvic girdle. Because it okay. does—they um, use CT scanning and DNA analysis to trace the evolutionary history of the Hillstream Loach family and found that rather than evolving from a single origin, a robust pelvic region— appeared several times across the Hillstream Loach family, suggesting that it evolved independently in different uh, species. So that's why they think it was the need to survive in this situation as opposed to, like, the actual hefty pelvic girdle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting.
1: So, yeah, walking fish. (sighs) Next thing you'd know, there's going to be swimming birds. They're already Totally
0: are. But it's There's, there's going to be flying pigs.
1: Yes. That's something we don't have yet.
0: We don't. Hopefully. Fingers <laughs> crossed. We do have flying squirrels, though.
1: We do have flying squirrels and flying fish. Flying ants. And flying ants. Ugh. They're the worst.
0: You know what I'm just really glad doesn't exist in this world? Flying, flying spiders.
1: spiders.
0: Yeah, you knew what I was going to say.
1: Yeah. But we, one time we talked about spiders getting around by like making balloons. Remember that? You're
0: right. Oh no, oh, sorry. There's flying spiders! I forgot. You're you right. I should have to
1: remind you of that. No, they
0: totally fly. Yeah. Oh man, it's fine. I'm scared now. You're
1: probably not going to see one.
0: Probably not. Before, Hopefully not. Before it gets you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> My next story is world news. This is from breakingnews.ie. Which, hopefully, is a huh. real website.
1: Yeah. What's, I don't I know about the that theme, one.
0: the theme I. of this episode is strange sources.
1: I didn't even know I.E. was Questionable. a valid... Like
0: Well, this is about uh, Denmark, so maybe just I. that's something over there. I don't know. How <laughs> would that be for Denmark? So, this is about um, in Denmark, actually in the capital, Copenhagen, A museum has been opened called the Happiness Museum, and it's just a museum about happiness.
1: That sounds so nice. I
0: know. Uh, The institutes, also it's an institute, I guess, or no, the organization that opened it, there, they are an institute, something, something there is an institute.
1: (laughs) An institute is involved.
0: (laughs) Their purpose is to oversee research into mental well-being and quality of life, and this museum is intended as a microcosm of their findings. So this group that's, like, doing research, I guess, like, decided to open this up because they have interesting data. I don't know.
1: They know a lot about happiness and yeah. they want to they wanna show off because that makes them happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the way that they did it was they came up with eight rooms that use interactive exhibits to explore happiness from different perspectives. These range from thoughtful to playful, uh, from medieval tomes on contentment to using a mirror to find out which side of the Mona Lisa's face is actually smiling. I'm like, wait, what does that mean? Like, I don't know why that would make you happy because aren't you supposed to just stare at the Mona Lisa like forever and then you can never interpret the expression. And that's like the whole point of it. I don't know.
1: I I have have no idea. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay. So one of the, the rooms is called the happiness around the world room and the walls are just, coated with post-it notes that have like memories and just different notes written by visitors about like happy things.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Though, frankly, kind of lazy on the part of the museum owners.
0: Because like, like they the, didn't have to do anything You didn't have to that. do
1: anything. Just apply some post-it yeah. notes. It's
0: true. <laughs> um, it other does sound ro- <laughs> nice
1: though.
0: <laughs> other rooms include the science, the history, and the geography of happiness, which incorporate everything from emotionally intelligent AI... I guess in the science room to a world map ranking countries by their happiness, which I'm guessing is the
1: geography room. Right. Uh, I think I've seen those listings before.
0: I think I have too, but I don't remember.
1: We're not very high. I don't think,
0: <laughs> I don't think we are, but apparently Denmark is like number one. Yeah.
1: Denmark's def Yeah. A lot of the time. Scandinavian com- uh, com- companies, uh, countries are really high on that list. So
0: Yeah. We should just all go there.
1: Yeah. And then forever. That, and then they won't be happy <laughs> anymore. <laughs>
0: um, so some of the exhibits pose challenging ethical and emotional questions.
1: Oh, that which, doesn't sound Why happy. does that make
0: you happy? I don't know. Um, so, for example, if you could live in a Matrix-esque world of artificial pleasantness, would you do so? That's one of the questions. Another one is, can you and would you buy happiness? And then Wait. another one is: Would you actually return a lost wallet you found on the floor? Those are supposed to be thought-provoking happiness questions.
1: I feel like this museum is making the patrons do a lot of the work.
0: <laughs> the museum's just a ploy. They're for, just like,
1: asking you questions, getting them like survey yeah. the questions
0: to like research survey answers or something. Yeah, I messed up that sentence, but feels that's like, okay. This feels like a little bit we'll of a scam
1: too. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. I,
0: think I don't think it's a scam but after i've read through all of this like i see your point. <laughs> <laughs> one of the rooms they just ask you to like fill out a google survey and you're just right. like wait a minute wait, this like is this is making being me used happy every-?
1: my next story is technology news this is from gizmodo so i've heard of that one
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay this is familiar that's good one.
1: uh Gigantic camera snaps first ever 3,200 megapixel digital photos. Thirty
0: two
1: megapixel.
0: Is that what I think it is?
1: It's a lot. If that's what you're thinking, it is. For the record, like I think the iPhone, like the latest iPhone camera is like 16 or something. Like it's on yeah, the scale. Yeah, of tens, thinking, Aren't they
0: like 10? ten? 10s yeah. okay. of megapixels. All right, so that that's true. Okay, because I'm like, aren't the megapixels now like ten? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I didn't know. Yes. Okay.
1: This is a much bigger
0: That's camera. That's <laughs> insane. How That's is that a, even possible? Yeah.
1: So, um, scientists from the SLAC National Accelerator Laboratory have produced the world's first 3200 megapixel or 3.2 gigapixel <laughs> digital photos. It's a little easier wow. to say. Wow. Uh, The images were snapped by an oversized digital camera destined for the Vera C. Rubin Observatory in Chile in in what is an early demonstration of this facility's tremendous potential. Um, A a photograph containing 3.2 billion pixels is difficult to imagine. You would need 378 4K ultra-high-definition televisions to display one of these pictures (laughs) at its full resolution. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you would need 378 oh, TVs with, like, 4K, like, resolution, like, um, pixel Just to display like, the one photo. To show one of these photos. Wow. Um, the SUV-sized camera is uh, used to produce these images will eventually be installed on the VRC Rubin Observatory in Chile, like I said, which is still under construction. Once Rubin is up and running, the camera will capture a succession of panoramic images of the entire southern sky which it will do once every few days for 10 years. So they're basically just going to capture, like, the heavens for, like, 10 years and make a long movie. (laughs) Um, Wow. So this project is known as the Legacy Survey of Space and Time and will track the motions of billions of stars and galaxies and is expected to start in 2022. Uh, And here's some fun facts about what a 3200-megapixel camera is capable of. Uh, it could resolve a golf ball from 15 miles away. Uh, I, oh,
0: so because you can't see me, I'm just sitting here with my mouth yeah, open. Yeah,
1: no, just I, my jaw is. I was just, just letting open. that one sit, sink in for a second because that's insane. Uh, its field of view is large enough to include 40 full moons, um, and it will be able to spot objects 100 million times dimmer than those visible to the unaided eye. Um, Which will be really good for seeing stuff in space, obviously. Um, Which would be like seeing a candle from a few thousand miles away.
0: The heck?
1: So, I mean, when you just have that many, that high of a resolution, you're just capable of seeing these things.
0: So when is my iPhone going to be able to have a
1: A 3200 megapixel megapixel Um, camera, Well, given that this camera is the size of an SUV... (laughs)
0: Well maybe the next iPhone is gonna be my car. And then I can just drive. My other
1: car is an iPhone. Just,
0: <laughs> just, the next iPhone is gonna be also a vehicle. So also it's a like car, they yeah. just keep adding functionality to them because they're like, you know, a computer and like they're everything. They're a phone, they're a yes. calculator, they're a camera, they're everything. Um and then it's gonna be a car. So you drive in it,
1: Frankly you take it seems inevitable. In it. So I assume it's going to be a drone sometime soon. It'll be a drone.
0: It'll fly. Yeah. 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 It'll just do literally everything. Right. So why not be a car and a 3200 megapixel camera?
1: You're right. Why not? not?
0: (laughs) Apple, are you listening to
1: this? (laughs) No. I'm
0: giving you free ideas.
1: Definitely not listening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My next story is health news. This is from ScienceAlert.com. This is probably a real website. <laughs> um,
1: we've, head- had <laughs> two, we've had two alert websites now, yeah. So that seems yeah. pretty legit,
0: right? Because there's two of them, so that right, means yeah. There's two. That's real. The so. corroborate. That's fine. Um, the headline is: "The most common pain relief drug in the world induces risky behavior." Study suggests. This is super interesting. It's acetaminophen.
1: It induces risky behavior. Yeah. But I've and taken that
0: before. Me too. So has like almost everyone. Because so it's the most so common course. drug like in the whole world.
1: Is that is acetaminophen why there's risky behavior at all? <laughs> <laughs> <What> <laughs> because you, we're all taking it? Cons-
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Conspiracy theory. No, I, I'll, I'll get into the details of what they actually found in okay. here. But that's the... In a nutshell. Uh-huh. Um, so... Acetaminophen, also known as paracetamol, and sold wildly, wy, wildly, widely, <laughs> sold wildly, sold wildly all over. <laughs> no, that's not what it says. Sold widely under the brand names Tylenol and Panadol. Also increases not that
1: widely. On risk- Panadol yeah, i don't know Panadol.
0: I've never heard that. Um, increases risk taking, according to a new study that measured changes in people's behavior when under the influence of the common over-the-counter medication. Oh boy. Um, but, but I think that the the headline kind of makes it seem like more significant than like what they actually found, Mm -hmm. I will say. Acetaminophen seems to make people feel less negative emotion when they consider risky activities. They just don't feel as scared, says neuroscientist Baldwin Way from The Ohio State University. The findings add to a recent body of research suggesting that acetaminophen's effects on pain reduction also extend to various psychological processes, lowering lowering people's receptivity to hurt feelings, um, experiencing reduced empathy, and even blunting certain cognitive functions. So,
1: <laughs> sorry, why are you, like, I'm, just, like that? I'm trying. Like, I'm both amazed and trying not to laugh.
0: <laughs> so, um...
1: it's just so strange. It's
0: weird. Dang. So, the effects that they noticed were slight but significant. So it wasn't like crazy effects of this, but, but like it was, it was enough that it was yeah. Never
1: say that word. Yes. Statistically significant. Yes. Enough that it's like and this is having an effect.
0: Yeah. And I'm gonna now paraphrase like what I because I read all the details of it, but basic they, they found that it reduces anxiety, basically.
1: That sounds great. <laughs>
0: I know, right? Everybody... Take, no, no. Just, please don't
1: take my <laughs> first me. This is not a... Please no, don't. No, I'm just no, a no, Legal disclaimer here. Legal dis-
0: <laughs> We're not... <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> 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 no, it, it says that it, like, reduces... Yeah. Not only does it actually reduce feelings of pain, but it can blunt feelings of anxiety and other, like, inhibition-type feelings, which correspond with increased risky behavior, basically. Right. Which does make sense if you yeah. think about it. I mean... Like I mean, that's what
1: there's other drugs that are also painkillers and reduce inhibitions, like alcohol. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It's like things are linked in your brain. I mean, you know, right. neuroscience is very complicated, but I think th- a lot of things are linked to each other in ways that you know we don't even fully understand yet. So, yeah. So one of the one of the experiments that they did was they had people. Um, so they had a control group, and then they had people that had taken like Tylenol or whatever, mm-hmm. and they had them do this like computer program where they had to pump up a balloon but if they pumped it up too much it would pop okay but for every time they clicked it to pump it up more they would like get money so it was like uh, okay but if the balloon pops risk, you don't you lose all the money so it was like reward
1: sort of thing yeah, yeah
0: exactly it's like okay and then they saw like okay well how far did people go with like pumping up the balloon and they noticed that the people in on the acetaminophen were more likely to pop their balloons <sighs> which is just like oh okay i mean that seems like something you that's know so, funny. <laughs> so that's just one of the one of the example experiments that they did and then they they also had them like you know the different surveys and just they measured it in a bunch of different ways and they found that it pretty much agreed that there was like reduced inhibition in the people that took that drug right um you know but they they noticed that it's like okay the hel- the headline of this study was like it increases risky behavior Well, they said that is technically what they measured but they they're hypothesizing that the reason could just be that you're less anxious, and then that just causes you to not feel, you know, afraid of doing stuff. And they, they don't really know exactly, you know, all the details or why they f- had these results exactly. But
1: Okay. Alternative, they found something. Alternative hypothesis, it increases your love of balloons popping.
0: <laughs> that could be more tests. I or. Mean, we we or don't have a test that proves that's wrong.
1: Reduces the value you place on money. <laughs>
0: You just don't care as much about money when you take this drug and then.
1: Or it makes your brain think that losing is winning. (laughs) We all need this.
0: (laughs) It's 2020. (laughs) Um. I'm basically,
1: I'm just, I'm just posing some alternative uh, theories as to why this would have happened.
0: Yeah. I mean that you're being a good scientist. We have to explore every option here. Uh
1: My next story is space news. This is from space.com. Yes. <laughs> Premier source of space news. <laughs> just, just. Uh, and space. I love this headline so much. Buff space mice could stop <laughs> astronauts from losing bone and muscle mass. <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird way that what they chose to phrase headline. that. a weird
0: headline. I love it. Okay. I love it so much. Tell me more.
1: Yeah, I want to dive into this. Super muscular mice may now reveal a way to keep astronauts from losing muscle and bone in the microgravity of space, according to a new study published in the Journal of Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, which sounds pretty legit to me. Um, A major challenge astronauts face during prolonged space missions is the simultaneous loss of bone and muscle, which weaken and atrophy due to disuse outside the constant pole of Earth's gravity. Uh, Previous research found that in microgravity, astronauts can lose up to 20% of their muscle mass in less than two weeks, which is a lot.
0: That is a lot. A lot
1: very quickly. Um, So... The husband and wife team of Seijin Lee and uh, Emily Germain Lee thought that they might have found a way to fight bone and muscle loss when Lee and his colleagues at Johns Hopkins University helped discover myostatin, a protein that normally limits muscle growth, in the, in the 1990s. And I know what you're thinking. Is this article from the 1990s? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that is just when they discovered this protein. Okay. Um, Uh, Lee, who is now a geneticist at the Jackson Laboratory for Genomic Medicine in uh, Connecticut, uh, said, Back then, we showed that mice in which we deleted the myostatin gene had dramatic increases in muscle mass throughout the body, with individual muscles growing to about twice their normal size.
0: Whoa. (laughs) Buff Um, buff
1: space mice. Uh, (sighs) This immediately suggested the possibility that blocking myostatin might be an effective strategy to combat muscle loss due to a wide range of diseases. And also suggested the possibility that this might be effective for astronauts during extended space travel. Um, so there are a lot of diseases that can result in muscle loss yeah. or just situations like where people are bedridden or whatever. Yeah. And they thought this seems like an obvious path. Um, so the, for the past 20 years, the researchers have wanted to see what effects blocking myostatin would have on mice sent into space. And they finally got the opportunity to do so at the end of last year. So that's why this article is coming out now, <laughs> okay. not in the 90s. Um, in December, the scientists launched 40 mice from NASA's Kennedy Space Center to the International Space Station. And I, just, I can't help but laugh because I just picture them just throwing mice into the air. <laughs> and I know that's not what they're that's doing. So- <laughs> <laughs> <But it>
0: just- <laughs> they launched them. They're not even in a vessel yeah, of any kind. They're right just, into just launched into space.
1: Um, so 24 of the 40 mice were normal. That is not um, modified in any way. 8 of them were missing the myostatin gene and 8 others were treated with a molecule that suppresses both myostatin and a protein known as activin A which has similar effects on muscle as myostatin. So basically just like double the okay double the effectiveness or probably not double, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The normal mice lost significant muscle and bone mass during the 33 days they spent in microgravity, which is not surprising, that's kind of expected. In contrast, mice that were missing the myostatin gene largely retained their muscles during space flight. They also had muscles going in, apparently, like, they were, these were like the twice as big mice.
0: These are the, the buff mice? The buff mice. Okay.
1: Yes, the buff space mice. Uh, the scientists found that the mice that received the molecule suppressing both myostatin and active NA actually saw dramatic increases in both muscle and bone mass during this time. So they actually became stronger <laughs> in space. <laughs> <laughs> So why watch out is for it these mice. So
0: funny! Oh my goodness! <laughs>
1: and finally, mice treated with this molecule after returning to Earth experienced more recovery of muscle and bone mass when compared with untreated mice. So it might okay. also be a way to fix it when they get back.
0: Yeah, just like at the therapy.
1: Mm-hmm. So these buff space mice, my, like I, obviously, we have to try this in humans. And even though yeah. mice and humans have very similar ph- physiology, which is why we use them in so many experience, experiments. There's still a chance that this wouldn't work in humans, but...
0: Why is the first thing that I thought of that this was just going to be abused and, like, athletes were just going to be like, oh, I'm going to just inject muscles into my arms, okay.
1: Yeah, I do wonder if are there like, <sighs> negative side effects to it that we don't know of, or... Because otherwise it sounds just and then good, my, right? Yeah, like... <laughs> At least for from, like, an athletic standpoint, where it's, like, you just want your muscles yeah. to be unbounded.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, every time I work out, I want it to, like... I want to gain muscle and then just not lose it ever. Like, yeah. And then the second thing I thought of was, like, mice with, like, buff arms. That was yeah, the second there's thing pictures of
1: them and they're not... Do they they don't- have... They don't look like that. Do they
0: have human arms coming out of their bodies? Because that's what my, In addition the to their regular
1: legs, just two yeah. human arms just coming out the top, yeah. and constantly flexing.
0: That's what I think um, they look like. So.
1: No, they're just they're just twice the size of normal mice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. They're, yeah, All they're right.
1: just they don't look. So they don't look diff, like different. Rats. They just look big. Well, that's no, the definition so of my, a rat, right? No, it's just
0: a large mouse.
1: <laughs> no, technically a different species. <laughs> Okay. Rats aren't just yeah, big right. mice. Sorry. <laughs> Likewise, <laughs> mice aren't just small rats.
0: <laughs> so they didn't say that they're going to do human trials soon or anything? Didn't mention that?
1: Or? I mean, I think that's the next thing they want to research, okay. maybe. Or maybe they want to do more with the mice to make sure there aren't adverse side effects or anything. Okay,
0: but,
1: cool. Yeah, given that they discovered this like 20 years ago, they probably have a pretty good idea of how it affects mice in the long term.
0: Yeah, that's true. The, right. the space part was what the space was, was new. the thing they really wanted yeah. to try out,
1: and it sounds pretty promising.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. That's cool. All right, it's time for breaking news the part of the show where Anthony and I look for stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly.
1: I've got a golden ticket.
0: <laughs> Ready, set, go! go! <laughs> okay. Uh, I found something on Delish. I did fit it in Alex's now website. because you know I didn't find a story earlier, but I found a breaking news. Uh, the headline is: Seven Eleven posted a fake photo of an Oreo cannoli on social media, and if it gets billions of likes, Oreo will make it a reality. So basically, Seven Eleven made up this picture, and I'm going to show you now, and you know it'll be on our Facebook later, but. Okay. They posted this for, that, for some reason. It doesn't it look awesome? I mean doesn't it looks
1: it look like great? it's mostly filling and that's But like the, the Oreo cream part, so, is yeah. so good. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: It's it's or it's like the Oreo cream with like this wrap that of made of the Oreo chocolate cookie, basically. Yeah. So where do I go
1: to like this?
0: Like <laughs> they just randomly po- <laughs> to the seven eleven uh I don't know if this is on Twitter or let me look here on Instagram, sorry. It's on their it's on the 7-Eleven Instagram 7-11 page. Instagram. And okay. they just randomly posted this thing and then they were like oh, wait, no, wink wink nudge nudge twist twist dunk dunk at like at Oreo. And then um I guess like Oreo has said that wow, people actually really like this, so we will make this if it gets enough likes basically on the post.
1: So it only has 7,000 likes right now.
0: Really? That's it?
1: Yeah. And Oreo says it needs 711 billion.
0: <laughs> Wait, that's like the whole population of the whole world.
1: <laughs> that's more than the whole population what? of the whole world.
0: How many, how many people are in the world? It's like 2 it's, or 3 billion or something? It's, it's no.
1: 7 billion. It's 7 billion. I don't billion know. Right I
0: don't now. know. numbers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> haven't you it's counted them recently? Billion.
0: 7 billion. Yeah. And they said that they needed how many likes?
1: 711 billion likes.
0: Oh, so are they not serious about it? It th- <laughs>
1: says so 711 billion. 711 billion.
0: Oh! Yeah, I think it's
1: a joke. Don't!
0: <laughs> <laughs> that took me way too long.
1: Apologies to everyone.
0: Apologies to everyone involved. See, um, this, is what, this is how you know... This is how you I know, know it's didn't breaking this. news. This is breaking news. I did not read this ahead of time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Alex is realizing in real time that it's a joke.
0: <laughs> it's a joke. Um, okay, and this article literally says at the bottom obviously, this is a pretty steep and impossible goal considering <laughs> the population of the entire world is over a little over 7 billion. It says that in here. Um, so, um, okay, so they came to that conclusion as well. Um, but. I guess on Oreo's account, they reposted it with the caption, We aren't even mad at this. So maybe that's a sign that that's already up to
1: 34,000 likes. Oh,
0: really? On the Oreo page? Okay.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. As soon as we're done with this, I'm also going to go to Instagram and like them because this thing looks delicious and I totally would buy this. Yeah.
1: At the very least, somebody needs to figure out like a recipe to make one where you just like destroy a bunch of Oreos, then. Like separate the cream and then like fill it with that and then use the crust. Oh, I guess you could. Or use the cookies to make a crust or whatever. I don't know how you make a you could. (laughs) You could (laughs) maybe.
0: (laughs) I think you could open up Oreos, separate the cream out, and then maybe make like a like a squares version of this. I don't know if I could Mm. make it like a wrap though, because it'd be you what you'd be surrounding it in like maybe crushed up pieces, but it would be like you couldn't pick it up. I feel like
1: yeah. It's interesting.
0: Maybe someone will figure it out, though. Yeah, somebody
1: get to work on that. All right, I found this on UPI. Toy Hall of Fame finalists include My Little Pony and Masters of the Universe.
0: There's a Toy Hall of Fame?
1: Yeah, every year they they induct, like, six new toys into this Toy Hall of Fame. Oh, I didn't remember that. All the most famous toys of, well, not just our childhood, but... At this point, it is mostly. Oh, our channel. Yeah, have we
0: talked about that on the show
1: before? I think we've talked about past years. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. So sorry, I must have forgotten. Here's, I mean, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> there's only been what like 100 123 episodes, yeah. episodes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is episode I, 123. Woo! One two three. Woo! Mm. Okay, so. All right. What's uh the toys? So the
1: toys, the 12 finalists for the 2020 National Toy Hall of Fame are. <laughs> I said it. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so excited
1: baby nancy
0: what the heck some is that? kind of
1: <laughs> some kind of doll uh bingo just the game bingo the,
0: the game bingo uh
1: briar horses which are some kind of horse action figure thing okay uh don't worry they get more familiar jenga
0: okay that's uh, legit
1: light bright
0: oh did you ever have
1: a light bright growing up
0: i didn't have one no yeah
1: i did those things got really hot <laughs> Oh, did they? Yeah. Because it was just like an incandescent bulb yeah. in the thing. And it just, in like a metal case, it got really warm. Anyway, uh, Masters of the Universe, which is like the He-Man uh, action figures.
0: Hmm.
1: You've heard of He-Man before? I don't. Oh, Have I? Yeah, probably. I've
0: probably seen it, but I don't know. It's like the
1: really buff guy with like the blonde hair and he fights a skeleton man that, that dresses in purple.
0: I think, I don't know.
1: Okay, I don't know. I've I, we'll I probably it's seen fine. it, but I don't know what it is. It's fine, we'll <laughs> move on. Uh, My Little Pony. Okay. Uh, Risk. Uh, Legit. Sidewalk Chalk.
0: Sidewalk Chalk!
1: I think that's a good one. Uh, sorry. The game's sorry.
0: <gasps> that's so classic.
1: It's okay. a classic. Uh, Tamagotchi. Hmm. Which is, I think, a pretty good one, too. Yeah. And uh, Yahtzee.
0: Oh, how is Yahtzee not already...
1: Yeah, no, it's, I know. I don't know how long they've actually been doing this.
0: Oh. Hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, they said three of the inductees will be chosen by a panel of judges and three will be chosen uh, by the public via the player's choice ballot at toyhalloffame.org. Voting is open September 9th through the 16th. So by the time you listen to this, it'll be open. Oh. So if you want to go vote for I'm your... I'm going to go vote. Yeah, if you want to go vote for your choices. Make sure baby Nancy doesn't win because what is that? <laughs> Yo,
0: it's baby Nancy? Maybe that's something really old.
1: Yeah, it might be. And an, not like it might be recent.
0: Toy. Like when you first said it, I assumed it was something recent that I just have never heard of because I
1: don't go yeah. to the toy store that often.
0: But um, yeah, it could be an older thing. Wait, so how many? Sorry, you said six are going to get inducted? Yeah,
1: six will get inducted.
0: Okay. Well, risk is amazing.
1: Risk is a good game. It should be on there. But Sidewalk Chalk. Does is it deserve it, though?
0: I think like, it deserves it. Is it, it
1: iconic it. enough?
0: I think it is. Yeah. I mean, maybe... It, okay, Sidewalk Chalk is probably the most iconic.
1: Sidewalk Chalk, I think, is the best one on there. Yeah. I think Tamagotchi is also really good because it represented, like, one of the first, like, electronic toys. Like, oh, kind yeah. of that transition.
0: That's true. That's um, a good point.
1: My Little Pony, maybe just for the staying power. I mean, there's just so much of that stuff at this point.
0: Yeah, I feel like though, has it been around long enough to be? Yeah, I don't know. Up there with those other options. I don't know options? how long it's been around either. Actually, that's a good point. Wait, how long has it been around? Yeah. Not as long as like, sorry though. I mean, sorry is like one of the first games I knew how to play when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Very interesting. Anyway, I'm gonna go vote.
1: All right, I will too. This weekend. Yeah.
0: All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description.
1: You can subscribe to Nick Nick News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash news and on Twitter at, at Nick Nick news. All right,
0: we'll see you next week.
1: Bye! Bye.